0: Hey there, it's Brian with the Dealership Fix-It Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is episode number 14, and tonight's podcast is, I've got a guy named Ryan McPherson on. Ryan's in the Denton, Texas area. I saw him on Instagram, and we know some of the same people. Um, I saw him, he's doing some really interesting things. He's he's, uh, he's kind of branding himself within his store that he works at. <clears throat> I know some places don't kind of encourage that, but uh, I want to pull the veil back a little bit and have a guy who does that explain uh, what the uh, the ownership lets him do, what he sees the benefit as, and, and kind of how he does it, where he, how he plans to do these sort of uh, Instagram videos about products and engages with customers new and, uh, and existing for him. So <clears throat> I think that'll have some good insights for anybody that... Is looking at well geez how do we hire you know young talented folks that you know we can train to, to be good uh, parts folks or service folks or sales or whatever that's one side of it and, and also if you know if you're somebody either in the business and you want to learn some new tricks um, or you're thinking about getting in the business this might be a good example come in with some fresh perspective from somebody that's doing it differently and I think having some really good success in it so um, we got a short uh, commercial break coming up and then we'll jump in with Ryan. So, uh, buckle up. Thanks for listening. Yo. Hey Ryan.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: <laughs> What's going on, man?
1: I don't know, am just hanging out, brother.
0: Sweet! Well, welcome to episode 14. You're my episode 14 guy. Hey, K-Dub! <laughs> well, that's how I'll always remember it. I'm sure Cole Seely's not a fan of that, but...
1: Well, Seely's good, Seely's good. I like Seely, but, uh, I mean, it's Kevin Wyndham. I mean, he came out of retirement off the couch, and I think he qualified 14th, actually, at the Motocross of the Nations.
0: Big wow. bearded and everything. I know that was absolutely incredible, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, totally with you. Well, um, thanks for jumping on the Dealership yeah. Fixed It podcast. Uh, you know, it's uh, I think you and I met on social media. It's funny that you're uh you're a guy working at a shop currently uh, in the DFW area. You're at Cycle Center of Denton, in Denton, Texas. Yes, sir. And it's funny that you know that's kind of where I started my career in power sports was just right down the street there in Louisville. Um, so obviously we have some stuff in common, although it's a a whole bunch of years in between. So, um, but I'd seen a lot of your stuff on social media and you've been just crushing it with, you know, next level sort of content, just the good stuff, trying to find ways to engage with customers. And, uh, I wanted you to come on and share some of your secret sauce. Absolutely. Sounds like like you're interested in doing that, even though it's uh, you're going to give away secrets and somebody else might run out and do it. Right. Sure. Well, I mean,
1: you know, like I've always said and thought that, uh, you know, you know, if we're all doing well and if we're all making the industry better, then, uh, we're all going to stay, stay in and have a job as long as possible and be able to, uh, you know, keep this amazing, uh, boat, uh, afloat. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, whatever I can do to help, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm very, very fortunate to work with the guys at cycle center of Denton. I've been there, uh, about a year and a half, and whenever I moved up to the DFW area, I originally came up here to go work with a different company, and uh, it didn't take too long for me to figure out that uh, Cycle Center of Denton is where I need to be. It's a family-owned and operated company. The, the store itself has been around since, I believe, the late 60s, early 70s, if I'm not mistaken. and uh, uh, Kenny Martin and Randy Martin, uh, Randy's the original uh, owner, uh, purchased it in 98, and uh, they've been... Climbing to be at the top uh, ever since, and uh, it's a real pleasure to be a part of that group. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of years since I've ever been into that dealership. I've been out of that area for eleven years now, and I think I'd been down there. I was the Scott guy, as you probably know, down there for a couple of years. So I remember going in there. And it was before it got all built out. Now it looks like the Taj Mahal compared to what I visited back in those days. But uh, looks like you guys are doing killer things down there. You guys hit some big awards. Would you get like a top one hundred dealer, sort of a one of those awards?
1: uh actually it's uh it's a uh, an award that's handed out from dealer news a very respected uh, company yep. and uh, it's based on uh, all sorts of things it's based on uh sold units it's based on customer reviews it's based on uh a very wide variety and we actually uh got dealer of the year in twenty seventeen um and got you know we had some top three finishes uh over the years and so to finally get it was pretty cool and that was the first year that I was on board with the crew um and you know spending so many you know different years in the industry is very apparent that there was something special about this dealership uh, as soon as I started uh my first day I came on board I, I recognized that you know there's a lot of really good communication which is very hard to find from one uh department to the next and uh, it's, it's truly a you know like i said a a blessing to be a part of that company and uh to work with them and have the support they do and, you know and for them to Let me roam free on the social media and have fun with it. And also, uh, you know, be able to, you know, give our customers a a unique, you know, visualization and a learning experience uh, to all the products we have to offer.
0: I think that's, you know, as we kind of met virtually, you know, that was what stood out, I think, the most was um, the, the sort of things where the dealer network I interact with on a daily basis now. You know, if they were to ask me a question on what could we be doing, right? It's not all about the things I do on a daily basis, which ends up being about units, but I think, you know, hey, what could your guys be doing out of the box to, you know, put the brand, you know, you can have your personality be the draw and the product be what you're mixing up, but ultimately you're trying to draw them into your, into your brand, into your location, you know, and become their, their uh, place of choice to pull your wallet out and make it a little lighter, you know, so that's it that's something you guys are doing it looks like pretty special and I've not seen a whole lot of that so that's um you've been so you're on there as as skippy right skippy one sixty eight I think is what you got it as
1: absolutely yeah. on uh, social media yep yep skippy one six eight you can find me there and uh, you can follow a couple different hashtags as well just uh, hashtag ask for skippy or hashtag sales by skippy you can see a lot of my uh, uh, instructional videos my uh, just my marketing videos if you will and uh, are tagged with all of those and you can always go go follow that and you know just take a look at what uh, some new items or old items uh, just a good in-depth analysis as to you know something you might not know about a product and you know, most of the time it's uh it turns into me learning stuff because i want to sound like i know what i'm talking about so if uh you know if i if i'm not 100 percent confident in the product then i will do some uh, a lot of research uh i'll talk with the manufacturers to to get facts on small things I was talking actually with uh Charles Castellew, with uh, who's the national sales rep for 100% goggles uh trying to figure out the manufacturer of the foam for the goggle itself and he's like man I'll have to get back with you on that I'm not sure and so it's uh <laughs> stuff like that to, to truly separate yourself because uh you know knowledge is power and so learning it is incredible and then being able to uh you know apply that to social media it's you know it's somebody could just subconsciously sit there and like oh i need parts or i need accessories or i need apparel they're like oh yeah i always see this guy on social media let me call him up and boom you know
0: <laughs> i've so i've done. found i found it you know and like what i do now it it it's it crosses all the boundaries i think i've been through it many times in different places and different sort of uh roles but what i what i think is if if I could get myself on a, you know, a recorded session talking about a product or whether it's a audio recording, video recording podcast, you know, like you're doing this, a lot of the social media, Instagram video clips or the longer uh, version, you'll find out really quickly how well, you know, the product when you're, you know, the red lights blinking and you're rolling and what are you saying? You know, you'll figure out really quickly that you didn't know it. So that's, I'm sure you figured it out and that might be a, I don't know, probably you'd you'd know better, but uh that's the expectation that you gotta start with, right? Is that I'm I gotta be ready to explain this tip to tail and I gotta know it with some detail and have some sizzle built in there. So you gotta really know it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh you know something that's you know very you know often you know a lot of people miss out on is you know that the details are very, very important. And on top of that, you know, if you're gonna try to you know market yourself like that. You better make sure that you know what you're talking about cuz you can get called on your BS pretty quickly and that will spread like wildfire on social media. And so, you know, for me, I uh whenever I was younger, I would always grab like the uh Tucker uh back then Tucker Rocky books and Tucker uh, Tucker Rocky catalogs uh or the Western Power Sport catalogs or whatever the case may be and I would literally write down the descriptions uh under something I wanted to learn about because the best way to memorize it's write it down. And then, yeah, um, so I would do that. And and it's kind of funny though, because the products that I've uh, spent the most time with, or I'm most familiar with, uh, I can usually do those in one or two takes. And it's very simple and very easy. You know, I just got to borrow one of my parts guys to uh, shoot the video real quick and make it easy. And it usually happens the, uh, you know the you know the first or second take. It's super easy, super natural. Just because, especially for products I, I truly believe in and that I use myself, it's uh, it, it's cool, it's fun, and um, you know, it really makes you sharp. And and it's man, it's it's just so fun. I mean, why wouldn't people do it? I just don't get it because it's fun. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. It's a good time. So and you know, I'm I'll be 31 here in the next couple months. So uh, I remember you know being in the industry before uh social media and now you know where we're at now with it and the importance of it, in my opinion um, I think it's something that a lot of people are uh you know missing the boat on
0: so in regards to that you know with with that's you know having been how you and I linked up and kind of what stood out to me as you know you know to me uh, you're a younger guy than me you definitely have your many years of experience at dealership and and honestly it's Years aren't the only qualifier, right, of how, how much, you know, experience somebody has. It's got to do with how much have they invested on uh, the education process and like things the way that you're doing it. What is, I don't think, are you doing any paid stuff, you or the dealership? Or are you doing your own just content driven, fresh stuff? What, what's kind of the, that look like for you? you guys doing paid stuff or is it just all a regular posts?
1: No, everything that I do is uh, I usually do my own stuff on my own personal social media, and then uh, I do a lot of our events and stuff like that. I will promote uh, and shoot videos for Cycle Center of Denton on uh, at Cycle Center of Denton uh, on their Instagram page as well as their Facebook page, and uh, you know I just seem to you know have a natural creative mind in regards to coming up with cool and catchy videos that mm-hmm. I feel would create a lot of views and stuff like that. So. Uh, you know, with me trying to build my own you know personal brand with my personality and my knowledge and experience I, I do a lot of stuff you know almost every day on my personal page but uh we usually just utilize the uh company's social media for uh you know not only going over products but uh going over new units and uh also events we try to spread out our events and make multiple videos on events to make sure those events are as big as possible you know we made a video uh a couple days ago and it's got you know probably 20,000 views it had 14,000 views before the weekend so i'm sure it's you know close to 20 and we just, i think we shot it on wednesday and so mm-hmm. uh and i believe they do spend some a little bit of money sponsoring it in regards to uh you know getting it out there a little further but uh, okay. you know, not, it's not much it so you're doing you're
0: in and, and with that you're talking about like you're talking about like, a, like a live Facebook live video like you're recording it on the go and then it's obviously it sticks as a video to be viewed later and then they go in and you know throw some money at it to get the reach further is that kind of what you well, you've no. Seen?
1: We'll, we'll record a video and uh, I have a little bit more experience with editing videos so I can mix stuff in and, you know, we okay. can do m- multiple scenes and stuff like that to where it makes it as creative but simple of a video as possible to where uh, somebody that's older isn't going to be overwhelmed with something, but also it keeps the interest of the younger crowds as well. Right. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll record it. We'll upload it to our Instagram page. We'll upload it to our Facebook page. Uh, and then you have the options for purchasing, you know, advertising uh, to where it pops yep. up and it views out, and however much you pay depends on how many people it reaches out to, yep. and so on and so forth. And so we try to uh, you know do that. I, I actually don't even handle that part of it. I just do the the recording. Uh, I do the you know the editing. I do. I come up with the ideas of what we're gonna do. Um, most of them, anyhow, not all of them, but most of them. And then uh, especially with the the parts side of things, I handle everything for the parts department, and I help out a lot with the sales. Uh, sales team as well as well as our service department does a lot of advertising when we have uh, tire specials uh, wheel and tire kit specials for installation uh, lift kit specials that we're installing street bike tires once again and uh, you know I'll do what I can like I said I I want my uh, you know I want to make sure I do my part to make sure uh, you know our entire department you know is successful in every aspect because um, once again I'll say it again if you know if all of us are doing well then all of us are going to be allowed to uh and to you know follow our passion and work work in our passion you know And it's it's, it's we're, we're very blessed to work in this industry and you know some of us make a good living doing it some of us you know just get by but uh, you know we're all I still believe that we're all very fortunate to be able to do what we love
0: yep and, and I think um you know when I ask about kind of the paid versus the not paid it's always been My experience, I've worked, you know, with some guys on and helping them with some social media stuff. It's not what I do on a daily basis, but when they ask, you know, for advice or different things, I, I usually encourage them to do, you've got a certain engagement potential with your audience as it exists now. And the shareability, if you put out some real content that people want to see, worry about the paid stuff later, right? I mean, Facebook and Instagram and all these, these places are glad to take your money, Initially, I, I usually advise them to to work on getting some fresh stuff out there. People pick up on it. Uh, do more of the, of what you feel like is working. Worry about paying for stuff. You know, a little later on, it sounds like you guys are further down the path. And I want to, you know, I don't know the ownership over there at Cycle Center, but uh, I definitely would give some props to your management or your ownership because what and and I take liberty here. I I have to assume that. They 're allowing it since you keep doing it, but for them to uh to give you some latitude as a guy who who wants to kind of create his own uh, mini brand within their brand sure i I applaud that, and I think that that gives a guy like you license or whatever to have some creativity and it, to kind of build your own little uh business within their business, a lot of places are leery of that the whole concept that well this guy will will, you know, control the certain part of the business. And I don't think that's the case uh, in, in most cases, but I know that that's something that exists. So I would just say, you know, for yeah. the record, I would say that those guys have, have done a good thing if, if that's.
1: Sure. True. And it certainly can't, it certainly, you know, could be at some point. Uh, you know, I, I do use, uh, you know, I have a lot of personal sponsors, um, you know, and, and have had a lot of personal sponsors over the years that have helped me out. And so, uh, I've certainly uh, been known to show a little bit of favoritism, but it's all <laughs> items that we sell. Uh, so yeah. it's okay. It's no big deal. But, uh, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, my sponsors that help me uh, as a as a motocross rider, uh, they understand that I got to, you, know, you know, be politically correct, if you will. And I got to showcase the products because I, I really don't care if I'm, you know, Selling dog crap. If I make a profit on it, I'm cool with it, you know. And I'll promote it. I don't care. And I'll tell you the features and benefits of that dog crap. And uh, but the thing is though, is that you know uh, I definitely show favoritism towards my own personal sponsors, but I also got to promote everything that we sell, and and I make sure to do that pretty evenly. But um, you know getting off track there. But the uh, my I am definitely very fortunate in regards to you know Kenny and Carlos and my parts manager Jason. got be with them because. Lord knows I can be uh, high maintenance, but, uh, you know, he, the, uh, you know, they, they, you know, allow me to kind of just take a run. They've always kind of done YouTube videos and small, you know, smaller scale videos and stuff like that. But I don't think it was on the level of, of where we're at now. And, um, you know, I, I certainly hope that I've you know done my part to help escalate it. And, um, you know, at the same time, also building my brand and getting the attention of others and, uh, you know, doing the best I can to, uh, you know, be an example to showcase to people that you can it's, it's so easy. It takes five minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really only takes a few minutes to shoot a one minute video on Instagram or, um, you know, to walk around. If you're having an event, you know, start a live video uh, either on Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case may be. I'm not a Twitter guy, but whatever. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't I don't i think people like to go there for their like their news feed or, or something and i know some people are into it i haven't been if forever look, and i think it's
1: that's a weakness i have for sure is I, I just don't do anything with twitter whatsoever i know that it is it is huge but uh the
0: uh i think you're in the proper uh work in the demographic i think you're in the right spot you know i, I sure. think the the pieces that i've seen you work in but i i i can't imagine going to Currently, as it sits now, I mean, because we're we're also, you know, we the content draw with with pictures or these little video clips and these sort of things is such a big draw. I think that's why even Instagram gets so much better engagement than in most cases than Facebook for for the average sort of
1: Absolutely. post. Absolutely, and uh, you know, uh, going back to you know these guys and you know how they've you know let me evolve. Like whenever I started, they had you know, no clue that you know I was you know, had a a personality of being able to kind of do this. They had, they had absolutely no idea. So I imagine they're like, sweet, like, cool. We got a guy that isn't shy and all about it. And for for me, I'm just like, dude, this is fun. I'm getting paid to sit in there and do this. Like, cool. Rock and roll. Yeah. And, uh, and, you
0: know, I I should, I should have, uh, I probably should have started, and I'll do a little intro after this is all done, a little lead-in intro by myself, just kind of talking about you initially before this, you know, when somebody's listening to this, they've already heard the intro. But at this point in the conversation, I don't think we ever talked about in depth, but essentially what you do is, not all the time, but you've done plenty of these uh, video uh, walkthroughs on uh, maybe comparing, you know, a good, better, best moto helmet situation from, let's say, Fly, if it's a, fly helmet here are the three price point of fly I want to kind of compare the three differences what the materials are why does it matter to you right so you really kind of you keep it uh pretty tight you know a pretty tight little uh you know here's here's the three uh different price points here's what they are here's the difference between them but as you know we went on to discuss here so far you gotta do your homework ahead you can't just wing that because you know it'll be Immortalized with you, given wrong facts and figures. And
1: <laughs> well, on top of that, good luck trying to squeeze uh, a bunch of BS in within a minute. You're going to be a, 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 a that isn't going to work. No, you have yeah. to know that you know your 109.99 helmet's got an injection molded polycarbonate helmet with a single density EPS mm-hmm. liner and e, you know Snell uh, DOT approved, but that's it. And you move on to you know this next product that. You know this guy's got a fiber fiberglass composite shell that is a dual density EPS liner, utilizing aluminum hardware up and down, and also has a MIPS system. Blah blah blah. Moving on to your next one at this price point, this is gonna have a carbon fiber shell, the dual layer EPS liner, as well as this and this and this and this. The only difference is that this helmet will have whatever, whatever. And you got to know it. You can't you can't BS that stuff. And I mean, you have to know it because you just won't get through it at all. There's no
0: Some way. Of- so you're saying details matter?
1: Very much so. Absolutely. You have to know it. And I mean, uh, you know, like we said the other night, like, you know, when you could sit there and tell somebody, yeah, like uh, the expanded polyesterine on this helmet. And they're like, what, 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 what is expanded polyesterine? It's like EPS, you know, like the, the actual styrofoam of the helmet. Oh, OK, cool. So sometimes people can get ahead of themselves, too, and they got to break down the little stuff. So it's uh Detail is muy, muy importante, senor.
0: So I guess let's maybe delve into that a little bit, just because it's a point we're, we're making or I made or, you know, you, you implied and I pointed out, but <clears throat> do the details matter? Why? Because like you're saying, you've got just a moment's worth of attention with our uh, goldfish, like memory or attention span. Is it um... just that the consumers are that discerning that you got to bring something that gives me a bit of an aha like i'm looking for an aha i'm watching this video make me laugh make it a funny cat video or you better give me something i didn't know i mean is it that demanding with consumers now
1: not necessarily um i wouldn't think so i, I would mostly just say that uh it, it allows for that particular product to stand out uh, and you know there's a lot of helmets take for example and you can use this for any product but uh helmets in my opinion the easiest you know you look at a fly racing uh shoot I just went blank on the the toxin helmet is the name of it it's a $200 helmet it's got a injection molded shell it's got mips it's got a dual layer styrofoam it's got a lot of ventilation there's a lot of helmets out there that are $300 with those features this is a two hundred dollar price point. So if you break all of those little small details down, like whoa, 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 hold on, you know this has what? And so I think being able to do, be, being able to do that and explain it and explain it in a you know a dumbed down manner as well, you know people you could sit there and you know if you got a guy in front of you, and, of course it might be a little different on social media, uh, but if you got a customer in front of you and you're like yeah man this guy's this thing has a dual layer EPS liner. They're like, well, okay, and they're going to pretend like they know what you just said, but they have no idea. You know, Most <laughs> of the public has no clue what it is, and so you know, you do have to break it down, uh, and on social media, I think being able to you know, do that, you do it quickly to where you kind of give them a little bait to get them into the store, but then you can really spend time with the customer when they're in front of you, but once again, you better know your stuff. Okay. So, yeah. You know, I just, that's my opinion and I think you know, being able to learn all the little details are what really separate you know, so if you look at a you know, I don't know, you know, call a go look at a brand new uh you know, Toyota sedan, you know, car and then you got a similar price matched uh Honda Civic, but you compare all the features and benefits like either way it's a good car. No matter what, if you go with the Toyota or you go with the uh, Honda Civic, doesn't matter which one you go with. You're getting a good car, but which one's the best bang for your buck and why? And which one works best for you, more importantly? Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's details that I, you can't really get with only a minute long video on Instagram. You can't really get too far into it because you just don't have the time. But, you know, by you know, dropping some. Uh, Four or five syllable words and saying them precisely and knowing what they mean, and then you know translating it, whatever you know, giving the your best translation of that to people can maybe uh, get their attention to want to come in and talk to you because that guy probably sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Um. So yeah.
0: Well, you've got you know you've got consumers right. So our customers are all consumers right They're just like we are they're out consuming things they're buying things and and finding new things that they didn't know they had to have right but in their journey for whatever sort of where they're headed or what they're looking for what they may be a good candidate for they don't always know I find at least they don't always know you know what what they need insights on but they want to you know maybe get that content poured into their into their brain to help you know, either rule things in or rule things out. And I think that's one of the things I've noticed that you do quite a bit of is like I say, you're, you're calling out some, some things that I may not be looking for a helmet. I've got a brand new helmet and another one that's not even that old. Cause I don't ride that much, you know, but sure. I'm like, that's, that's cool content. Oh man. Okay. So I didn't know that, you know, well, how would I know that? You know, if I watched the, if we're talking fly, cause obviously that's where you were talking about fly helmets. If I watch and I'm watching a video, you know about their new launch or whatever you know the designer could be talking in in great depth of a lot of different pieces of it but it it may not kind of hit me at the right it may re- may not resonate to the level of um the sort of way i want the content given to me and sure. what, rem- what you're you know sitting at the counter going through some stuff there live reminds me of is being there live at the dealership you know when i'm ready to go buy something except I've got your undivided attention and you've got mine, you know, at that moment. So that's pretty cool. It's a cool, I just, I thought it would be cool to really share that, you know, kind of what you, what you do in that. And, you know, for any of these guys out there that are, you know, at a dealership somewhere else and they want to, man, I want to sell more, I want to sell some more stuff. Well, what are you relying on? You're relying on the, 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 the advertising that the ownership's doing to, to draw in your part sales, you know, might be a certain percentage of their business expected in that category. Yeah, or absolutely. take the bull by the horns, right, to a certain degree and figure out, well, I'm a you know, if I'm a, if we're talking parts guys, parts and accessory sales folks, or as you and I discussed earlier, give yourself a better, sweeter title that's that's a better fit for what you want to be. Maybe you're a you know, you're a customer advocate or whatever you wanna call it, you know, because I think words do matter with what your approach is gonna be and how important it is to you to to serve them, but
1: Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, for me, you know, like you said, grabbing the bulls by the horn, whenever I started at uh, Cycle Center, I had some very established parts associates that I was working with. So I was doing anything I can to get the you know edge up on the competition. And that was uh, something that none of the guys were doing there. And, um, you know, I jumped on it and started doing it myself. And then, uh, you know, just doing a good old selfie video, because I couldn't get anybody to help me. So uh, once once, uh, I got some a couple people's attention we uh took it to the next step and it uh you know did not take long for me to climb at the you know the top of the board as far as sales numbers uh and i think a large part of that is due to uh the time invested uh in the learning the product and time invested to uh you know put myself out there and spending time with it you know
0: are you uh are you uh encouraging the rest of because i guess i didn't dig in on, on cycle centers pages or anything to see but are you encouraging the other departments to do more along the lines of what you do or you said that they're doing some other activity on, on social and, and pushing their message out there where the people are but are you encouraging them to do more across different categories of the other parts of the store
1: yeah absolutely and i mean uh yeah we we have you know, so an incredible staff. Our parts department is unbelievable. Once again, our, uh, Jason, our parts manager, and uh, we got a couple other associates that uh, we couldn't, you know, it couldn't be the department it is without them. Uh, but we have a very wide variety of personality types. Uh, you know, a couple of them being kind of the, the I'll, call, I'll say the strong silent type. And then, uh, you know, a couple uh, and one or two other guys that have a very similar outgoing personality like I do. Uh, and they, they do all right. They they really haven't, you know, stepped up quite to the same amount that I do, but <coughs> uh, excuse me. They definitely uh you know, they they try.
0: You've led me almost to the next thing I was gonna ask you, which is with your time at dealership, what would you say, or maybe just even right now, you know, as we talk, something that would pop into your head, what's right now the biggest challenges you run into to do better things at the dealership?
1: Oh uh, well, I mean, in in regards to to what? Because that's that's a very broad question. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I'll leave it. I'll leave it broad, so you've got the latitude to go somewhere specific or not. If you don't feel comfortable doing it,
1: <laughs> um,
0: is there, in other words, is, yeah, is there anything that that right now you say, you know, if if we could just do this, or if I could, you know, not that I'm trying to get you to get more. It sounds like you've got plenty of latitude with the ownership and the management there, but. Is there anything that you either have run into through the years you've worked at dealerships where you kind of are like, you know, this is always a sticking point. I still see this. You know, we've talked quite a bit about just getting yourself a a sort of a mini brand, so to speak, and helping promote your stuff and help it promoting your dealership. But is there anything out there that you would say, man, this is just always a a recurring theme and I, I have a solution for it, but this would be my take on how you fix it. Is there anything that you kind of have in your brain just pop in?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I've worked with dealerships for, uh, you know, I've worked for, you know, multiple dealerships, but there's seems, yeah, you know, I have issues with. Uh, I've had, you know, some issues with a couple different managers, and over the years, and uh, there was one guy that I worked for that was just the uh, a huge, huge influence on me and my, my knowledge and experience uh that's carl hope at cycle shack north i think he's you know he's hands down no question that's out. Of
0: houston right
1: yes yeah, sir yeah he's in conroe, conroe. Uh, he is hands down 100 percent responsible for me being the you know the park associate i am today he is you know at the time when i worked for him i thought he was the devil oh my gosh but uh
0: <laughs> those are the ones you learn from right oh, the ones man,
1: that I <laughs> All right, we had some uh we had a we had a great five years together it was a lot of serious roller coaster action and lord Lord bless that guy because i was a thorn in his rear every day but uh you no know, it's uh it, it, you know gosh I, I I wish I could take back the things that uh I did to him because that man did not have to deal with what he did. And uh,
0: I think they say some of the best salespeople are prima donnas. So if I'm not saying you are, but I'm just <laughs> saying if, if you're hard to manage, so to speak, and, but you have, you put out results and ultimately that's, you know, <laughs> sure. But they will deal with, deal with managing you, even though you're hard to manage if you're, if you're putting out the, the, exactly. the activity. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, uh, but where I always leading with that is that uh, the reason why I've had issues uh with certain you know owners or certain managers is because uh you know learning from carl i've learned what in in my opinion uh and his his uh the profitability uh the, the numbers the the way that that program is ran in that particular department at that store it uh the numbers don't lie and uh how efficient and everything it is so uh anytime i've you know, work for somebody that is not him or utilizes that program that's a little different i can be hard-headed i could be very similar to how he is and because i believe in it that program so much that um you know i think that uh that's something that's you know kind of been my personal weakness but what i was leading to in, in regards to that is uh i think the biggest misconception uh at least in my department uh and perhaps the industry is that uh you know, it's the old saying, you know, you don't want to do it. You know, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Uh, in regards to that, I think that just because you have a lot of time in this industry doesn't mean you're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something that uh, a lot of people don't look in the mirror enough to grow. You know, they need to quit blaming stuff. They need to look in the mirror and, you know, look at their weak point and attack it. So that way their weak point becomes their strong point. But sometimes the uh, management doesn't have anybody to tell them that, you know, something isn't right. For me, working with Carl and not being shy, I don't mind telling somebody that something is wrong. (laughs) However, I can often do it out of place, and uh, that is one thing that I am personally looking in the mirror for. And God bless my current manager because – I have been a complete prick to him sometimes, and he still loves me ish and deals with me. God bless Jason because that man has had to deal with stuff that he shouldn't have to because I get upset about some things, and so. Uh, but there's a lot. I think that's a big misconception. Not necessarily. A, uh, you know, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm, I'm saying that Jason does stuff incorrectly or anything like that because my current man, my, my current manager, is awesome. And, yeah, yeah, program is great.
0: If we yeah. haven't said that enough, you've worked at other places, right? That's yes,
1: that's- yes, yes. So just to be clear, I am not dogging <laughs> on my current manager. He is, well, I think awesome.
0: You, you <laughs> come out and made me immediately think of it, and I don't know if you know, you're a little younger than me, so I assume maybe you know of him and, and uh, his his program. But when you said, you know, practice doesn't make perfect, that's a to me, I, I think probably the first time I ever heard that was uh, the professor Gary Bailey. On one of his videos, you know, yeah, talking Yeah, I've, you know, perfect, I, perfect I've read
1: a, I've read a lot perfect of his stuff.
0: What he said, you know, or it's essentially it, it intentional uh practice makes perfect, like you're saying, working on the issues, not just grinding out and, and supporting your your worst habits as part of your go-to, you know, bag of tricks. So yeah, I totally agree. So you said you were talking about Carl down in Conroe. Mm-hmm. Um, is he an example of a? Uh, you know, somebody that kind of helped you aspire for for new things and kind of helped you move. It sounds like uh, you know to being the guy you are in the industry now. He helped you shift.
1: Yeah, I Which mean, you? Um, you know, for me, the you know, I was constantly wanting to grow. I, I, you know, my uh, my mouth was bigger than my uh, stomach. Went with, with uh, me trying to tackle a uh, a family industry in regards to uh, uh Trying to do, you know, what my grandfather did, and my father does, which is sell eighteen wheelers. Which uh, I I did it pretty well. I I worked. Uh, I left the industry for a couple of years to go try to do eighteen wheeler stuff and be a man and go make money and grow up and quit working <laughs> in the industry and da 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 da. da and uh, I did it pretty well. I was all right, but I didn't have the same work ethic just simply because it wasn't my passion. I wasn't in love with what I was doing. And you know, I thought eventually I'd always end up in. Uh, You know, that position to where I'd be selling 18 wheelers and doing what my dad did. And uh, I I always told myself I had to give it a shot. uh, But Carl certainly uh, uh, gave me the experience to be able to get hired directly on, just honestly, because my sales experience and my, you know, I'm not going to say maturity, because that just should not go hand in hand with me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah my, my my sales experience uh, substantially grew uh, during the you know four or five years I was with Carl and uh, there was a lot of people that I worked side by side with that only got hired because they had degrees and while these guys had you know a business degree they had no clue how to talk to customers and how to interact with people and that was a huge advantage I had going into a completely different industry uh, you know I jumped in and I, I knew that I had to learn about the product in order to sell it. I knew I already knew how to handle customers. I could deal with people, people I got. But learning the product was something that, uh, you know, I certainly learned from Carl. I mean, Carl didn't really necessarily teach me that. Carl taught me skills and uh, taught me things that uh, were 100% my weakness. I was, you know, I didn't have, uh, you know, the small stuff, understanding the importance of 100%, just get to work on time. Um uh, buy efficiently buy smart buy uh you know buy in bulk to get a greater margin buy you know there's certain things uh, merchandising uh just so many different things uh merchandising especially learning the value of your real estate learning the value of your space uh how to utilize it as efficiently as possible uh how to make something shoppable how to you know do the basics you know Uh, and carl was 100% responsible for me, uh, you know, understanding the importance of the basics and also, you know, understanding the importance of, uh, you know, life. I mean, a lot of life lessons that he taught me, you know, not just with, uh, you know, the motorcycle sales or, you know, the, you know, my specialty being, you know, social media marketing that was just starting to catch on whenever I started working there. And, uh, you know, he and uh, he and the general manager Scott Holzheimer were uh, a, a huge, huge influence on uh, you know the growing years. I was in my early twenties at the time, and uh, they were certainly uh, a huge influence into you know me now being in my uh, my thirties. That's for sure.
0: So if I've got you know some general managers or owners listening, right? They, they should be encouraged as it gets to be hard. I know the, uh, the kind of the employee aspect of running a business is definitely, if not the biggest challenge, is definitely right there with them sure. uh, from what, you know, I hear day in and day out. Um, so the the kind of the pitch to them should be, yeah, be prepared to, to get somebody who's ready to learn, who's not afraid to talk to people, who can take direction, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, you know.
0: Guy that's you know let's say 20 years old that's that's about i was in my mid whatever 20 i think i was 24 when i showed up at the first shop to work at um but you know that's not a you know you don't have to hire a guy that's you know only been you know he's a 50 year old guy that's been doing it for uh for all these years that's not the only you can get somebody and mold them pretty quickly if what if you're if you're willing to you know believe in them trust them give them a little bit of latitude let them be creative i think that that i mean would you agree with that that's kind of what i always think back to is like giving them space to find their zone and do what you need done yeah that's-
1: absolutely the uh i remember whenever i uh was a couple weeks maybe a first month or two in uh cuz i worked for carl twice actually unfortunately the first time i was i was the new guy and i was only there for 6 months and uh <laughs> the recession happened in 08, so I got laid off, and then came back a year or two later. Uh, but uh, I remember coming up to him; and I will never forget. And I was like, "Hey, man, like, gotta ask you something." And I don't want to push it, but I gotta ask. He's like, "Man, some really respected, you know, people that I've met in shop since I've been six, five, four years old. You know, going to the shop with my dad, and uh, you know, some people that I've known for a long time have come in to." You know, work the parts counter like, why aren't you hiring them? And they're like, then nah. he didn't really answer the question. And I was like, well, with all you know, not trying to push my luck, but why'd you hire me? Uh and he said motocrossers, uh, specifically, uh, are very enthusiastic to learn. Um younger motorcrossers are excited to have jobs at motorcycle shops. So mm-hmm. uh you know, for myself, I was always motivated to, you know, learn as much as possible or learn this and that. And, and I mean, that was, God, that that was, that was well over 10 years ago. And a lot has changed with kids these days. Oh my gosh, a lot has changed. And so, you know, I don't, I don't really have much influence on our hiring process or haven't been in the position for a dealership to have any influence on who we hire. Uh, It's just my job to do the best I can to get them started and help them out because i don't i don't get paid on the entire department so realistically the less he learns you know the more money i'm gonna make i just need him to answer some phone calls and stall for a minute while i go make the money but uh um uh, for me i think it's very important for you know people to uh, as far as you know if i'm looking back on how i was hired and who i would want to look at is definitely find somebody that's passionate and truly truly wants to be there and you can sense that within the first 30 seconds, in my opinion, okay. uh, of interacting with a guy on whether or not they just ride dirt bikes or if they eat, sleep, and breathe it. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's something that, you know, you can tell when somebody is 100%, no questions asked, ate up with motocross or dirt bikes or whatever mm-hmm. their passion is. You can tell, uh, at least in the in my industry, in the motorcycle industry, and uh, yeah. You can tell very quickly. And I think those are the uh, those are the type of people that are really going to strive to be as successful as possible. Because if they you know, if you if you don't have the willingness and the work ethic to learn your passion, then what the hell are you going to do?
0: Well, I think that definitely goes to and indicates, you know, and, and I guess reminds us all quite a bit how you know, the level of, I don't want to say just enthusiasm because it's, you know, somebody to be an enthusiast, you know, implies enthusiasm and everybody's got a different personality. You can be enthusiast about something and not look like a lunatic every time you talk to them, bouncing off the walls. Right. But the, the racers, I mean, that's, you know, definitely shops, you know, I I guess, you know, they, that's why, you know, you go to a shop and it's closed Sunday, Monday or whatever, you know, it's the old, like, why you do that? Like every shop's different. You go to a big corporate store and the owner will tell you, you know, at these smaller stores, middle size or even bigger stores that are, that are still run by a guy that came into it from racing. And they'll be like, Oh, it's always the way we did it. So we could race on Sunday and, you know, catch back up and get our bikes torn apart and ourselves back to on Monday, you know? Absolutely. So the fact, the fact that that still exists, it's funny. This is one of the few places. And I think that's why I kind of, you know, one of the reasons why I felt like this sort of a podcast to to guys that work at shops and all these different uh, areas of the shop it's it's unique in that I mean you don't go into uh, you know I, I also work with RV dealers well I don't go into RV dealers where the guys are just you know pumped to to just explain and there you go in and there's the unicorn the guy that or gal I don't want to be sexist right but you go in and there's there's the there's the sales folks or 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 parts and accessories folks or whatever in those other categories who can be really just fired up and just passionate about it but it's a whole different sort of a program. Usually when it's more along the lines of what you see at most automotive dealers, right? It's, you know, this is what we do. We earn a good living here. We, we enjoy the, whatever, you know, about what we do, but motorcycles definitely has something special. I think that's why you see a lot of, you know, it's a, you know, I'm a road racer and I'm a salesman or I'm a motocross racer and I'm a parts guy or salesman, you know, and there's a lot of that. And I think that that's, um, it's a, it's a hurdle you know, it means an owner's got to get somebody that's probably doesn't have a good sense of reality. What do they call it? A, an irrational sense yeah. of, uh, of, uh, optimism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that seems to me to make the best uh, salesman. And, and certainly if you're going to be a, a racer or, or hire an ex racer, that's, I think what you go after that the person's going to be resilient, right? That That's implied. Sure. But as you had mentioned, it might also mean you get a one to two to six month run on somebody. And then they're like, this ain't what I signed up for, man. I thought I was going to have a lot of fun and talk about motorcycles and this place is a freaking grind, you know? I mean, that's,
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: saw enough guys come in and out and, and they were going to be the next, Oh, this guy just wants to come. He'll say he'll sweep the floors here for free and empty the garbages and, and clean the toilets and everything. He'll do that for the first few months to learn the ropes. And, uh, you know, then the guy just wants to chill at the counter, at the parts counter. And like, yeah, I got a look- lot of things you need to help me do. You know, and the next thing you know, he's not coming in anymore. So yeah,
1: the uh, you know it was funny because I remember I used to, uh, I remember I got my actual first job. I think my first actual job was uh, I did vending machines with one of my dad's buddies, and uh, man, and my parents they're gonna listen to this and they're gonna slap me, but I don't give a damn. Uh, <laughs> I used to uh, I bought
0: uh a microphone, Ryan.
1: Yeah, whatever. It's it's all right. I'm a grown man now. My parents are still with me, I ain't scared. Uh but uh I actually I think I was I was 13, cause I was 14 when I started, you know, hanging out at the the shops and you know, truly, you know, working under the table here and there and uh you know, getting some petty cash here and there and but what motivated me was I was so in like passionate about this dealership that i grew up at my family grew up at and we had a relationship with these guys uh since i can remember i mean i was i was young 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 and um i I remember going up there to get parts but i i used to uh skip school to ride my bicycle up to the shop and but my first my first job i uh took some cash from the vending machine uh job i had whenever i was you know on summer break and um I bought a bike and threw it behind uh, in the back of the woods behind my high school, <laughs> and uh, I'd go ride up there. I'd ride my bicycle up there and go hang out at the shop like during school hours and stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, that's when I knew I was ate up. But what got me motivated to go work at a shop was that exact shop, ironically. Uh, it took a guy forever to find a spark plug for my uh, – I mean, shoot, this was probably my – YZ-80, they weren't even 85s back then. It was my YZ-80, my 2000 YZ-80. They couldn't find me an air filter and a spark plug. And I was like, look, man, here's the spark, here's the spark plug number. This is where y'all keep them. Right? And I ended up walking behind the counter and uh, snagging it in. I'm like, here, yeah, my price after tax is this much. Later, I'm out. Here's the finish and everything. And uh, but I was so motivated because I was like, man, this you know, little – 12, 13 year old me was uh man this this shop deserves better. They deserve, you know, the, the sport deserves a better parts guy, you know, to serve the to serve the people. You know, and I was so young and just so motivated, man. And I'm I'm still to this day, I feel that uh, you know, I'm so passionate and I, I love motorcycles so much that, you know, the community, you know, really does, you know, deserve you know, somebody that cares about it as much as, you know, they want to buy. You know, people forget that you know, we're making a profit off of these people walking through the doors and, you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort to be excited. Um, it doesn't take that much at all. And I mean, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, you know, work with, you know, guys that you can tell, like they're genuinely having fun and, uh, it allows the customer to have a great experience. And, you know, that's something that, um, you know, the the guys at cycle center have been definitely uh strive on is creating an unbelievable experience for the customer that you just can't put a price tag on and uh, something that i i learned to harness uh certainly you know at cycle center granted I, I learned a lot about products and uh you know managing inventory and ordering and stuff like that you know through carl but uh the guys at cycle center truly uh you know polished my skills to allow me to uh
0: yeah, you know, offer a better
1: experience for the customers you know that's-
0: i'm glad i'm glad you said the you know talking about the you know as a younger guy you're kind of like man this you know this should be a better i mean not that you thought it at 13 14 old. those exact words but the whole concept of that you experienced it from one side and you thought underwhelming you know that's kind of what your mind is is just calling out like yeah. I can do that. I could do better than that people. You know, this this should be a better deal than this, you know. And yeah. and I've heard owners who who've gotten into own shops and said the same thing. And you know, oh, I've been an enthusiast, been a writer the whole time did this other business and I would go to a shop and it just was always underwhelming, you know. Yeah. And and not every, not every time do they go years later and say, "I'm still glad I got into this business" because by the time they get in it and, and they get ground out every day, that they go in there, it, you know, it can be hard to keep on top of your game, but I'm glad you mentioned, you know, even now you've been doing it long enough and you're at a busy shop and you're telling the heck out of, you know, your accessories and parts and all the things you're doing there. And obviously for you to go and say, yeah, you know, this is what we should be doing. We should be operating. Yeah, Get a good night's rest. you know, eat a healthy, whatever, you know, keep whatever you need to do to keep yourself in the zone and love what you're doing and do homework on the stuff you don't know and be passionate about that that will spill over to the consumer and that's how you get them to eagerly part with their hard-earned money right i mean i think that when i if i say that as a guy who's been out of working at parts departments for 20 years or whatever i've been you know on this other side of the equation i would feel like ah you know somebody could easily probably call me out and be like dude you haven't done it in a long time you're damn right i haven't been working the retail counter in a number of years but it's good that, you know, as you call all that out, I think that's legit and you're, you're still doing it right now today. So sure.
1: And I mean, uh, you know, like I said, it's one of those things. If, uh, you know, it's, it's, if you, if you, you know don't have the drive to fuel your own passion, then what kind of drive do you have, you know? And I think that's something that's uh, can go a long way in life. And, you know, it's something that, like I said, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be around the people that I've been around uh, over the years and who I'm around currently. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable that uh, I've had the guys that share that same amount of passion. And um, like I said, it's very, I'm very fortunate in regards to that, but it's not, it could definitely be, you know, for dealers out there. I think that, uh, you know, it's how often do you see a guy, you know, a couple parts guys hanging out at the counter waiting for somebody to walk up or whatever the case may be. Cause like yeah, I just need to get a, a crush washer for an old drain plug on a bike, and the guy's like, "Oh, okay, well, you can have that." You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know, and it's you know, it's a, a ninety nine cent sale, or if a, if it's a Polaris, an eight dollar sale. Sell, sell. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that uh, the enthusiasm of being able to create a relationship with, oh hey, how's it going? Cool, you got, you know, what years? What years your vehicle? And you know, I can sit there and. I know what that part number is memorized off the top of my head a hundred times. Doesn't matter what brand it is, but I'm going to sit there and play on my computer here, and you know, spend some time to you know get the customer's information, thank him for coming into the store, remember his name for Christ's sake. Just it's it's such something so simple. Remember the guy's name, uh, and build a relationship. And I think that's something that's so you know easily overpassed by people. And I think that's something that you could start with in order to get to step one of uh, being as, su- as successful as possible is, you know, build a relationship with the guy, get to know him, figure out what he rides, where does he ride it? You know, all, all the little things that you forget that you would you would do if you were anywhere else other than at your job. If you're just shooting the bull with the guy at the track, obviously you know what he rides. You'd figure out where he's from. Does he ride that track often or whatever? Like if you're just having a regular conversation with the person,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, of- it's funny because, you know, the, the to me, the way some people in this sort of a conversation get the impression, and I don't think you definitely aren't putting that out, but I know that if people listening who, let's say somebody who isn't doing this, but they're thinking about going to work at a dealership or whatever, and they have no experience in retail or whatever, it can be, I think, easily misconstrued or, or taken the wrong way that the sort of things where you're inquisitive and truly want to know the answers, want to learn more about this person. And it's not for the one, like you're saying, it's not for a one sale. It's for a long-term, this person and I are in the same sort of zone. They're, they're into power sports or they're, you know, they're obviously here at my door because they're either into it or or they want to be into it. I literally get paid to make them have a great experience to help them spend their money with as little, as most ease, as little difficulty as possible. And I think sometimes people get the impression that you're doing, you know, like you're working somebody or you're asking the questions to get them ultimately to where you want in the sale. But listening to you, it reminds me quite a bit of when I worked at shops and it was always like, no, I understand that this guy literally might come in and buy the 99 cent deal and he might be a full on miser. Any men never give me any sort of big ticket uh, item capabilities on, on purchases here. He might literally go and buy his Arise online somewhere and whatever blems and whatever, you know, so I get it. And I think it's important to call that out that that's not, I know it's not what you're saying, but I think it's important to call out to people who might be listening, which is you gotta, you gotta be really eager to build that relationship and build that confidence with the customer and being able to serve them big or small in the hopes that with that service, with no expectation, but serve first, you'll get whatever you're going to get and obviously you're going to get more helping them that way and a better relationship with them over time than you're ever going to get with like you're saying the guy that'll that'll bail out in the 99 cent sale because he knows that's what the guy wants
1: oh for sure and i mean if you uh you know there's nothing more embarrassing than a guy walking in like yeah yeah i'm here to check out some helmets it's like oh okay cool check it out we just got the brand new showy vfx evo in we got the bell moto nine flex well actually i ride a uh Shadow 750. Oh, you need a street bike helmet. Oh, man, you just made yourself look like a complete dweeb. And then, <laughs> you know, uh, like the great, uh, uh, I, I've heard uh, the great Kenny Martin say, you know, when, it, when a guy goes up to a girl in a bar, he doesn't just walk up and say, hey, you want to get out of here? You know what I mean? You walk up, buy her a drink, you get to know her, get their name. It's kind of simple, you know, similar principle. <laughs> You know, not really, but you know, you can't just you can't just walk up and say, "Hey, what's up? Can I get lucky tonight?" You know, it's it doesn't work like that. And so, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a similar uh, now, not very similar, but close enough. You know.
0: Well, it's it's funny that, you know when I when I moved to Texas from well from New York originally, and when I moved down there, I had to learn really quick that man, these guys get a better approach than me. I did not really have that great of an approach in a retail setting when I was talking to customers. And it wasn't because it was always, to me, it was always about trying to short circuit the process and get them where they want and what they want. Like, okay, you're telling me these things. Okay. So you want this? And I, and I think, you know, as, as a 20 something year old kid at a shop from a much faster paced Yankeeville, you know, as, as they would always tell me I was a Yankee. Um, but I learned really quickly, okay, slow it all down. This can, this customer, you gotta legitimately go to their tempo. And it was initially pretty hard for me, but I was happy to be doing it. So I just I learned and, and picked up that I was just I was the one that wasn't fitting in. And I slowed it down. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny. That's that's uh that sounds totally like a like a Texas a Texas conversation. Yeah, you don't go in and and ask, you know, let's get out of here the first time you meet her.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: You go in and, and you know, you you start a conversation and you you see where it brings you and if it's going to work out, you know, if you're going to have a decent rapport or not. and
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's part of it. And I think it's often, often overlooked and it can be, uh, you know, something that's such a simple step that truly uh, can separate yourselves, you know, and um, going back to an earlier point, I think a lot of, uh, you know, harnessing that kind of stuff is something I didn't, I didn't learn about this kind of style of process. I, I knew, I knew a lot about the, the, the products themselves, and I was, I was a pretty good bser, if you will, but Cycle Center mm-hmm. truly helped me uh, harness you know that approach with customers and uh, helped me harness all of uh, you know the, the stuff I learned from Carl and the, the product knowledge that I spent hours and hours at the house learning about myself and then testing them myself and whatever the case may be. And I I think it's something so simple and just be appreciative for the ninety nine cent business, you know. And you know how often I've turned. <laughs> I had, I had a guy the other day, a couple of weeks ago, came in to get some uh, elbow pads and knee pads for a little Johnny, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Turned out he had a uh, brand-new 2017 Ranger 1000, and uh, I sold him $1,500 with the wheels and tires. I'm like, oh, cool. Have you checked this out? But I spent time to get to know him. By doing that, <laughs> uh, a $30 elbow pad sell turned into you know $1,500 wheels and tires. You know? mm-hmm. So simple, easy You know, the old intro, you know, introduce yourself, get another name, thank them for coming in, remember the name, and always keep an open mind. Good old intro. (laughs) Simple and effective.
0: What um, do you have, like you guys work with all the distributors and everything else, and I know right now the distributors of books are fatter than ever. Do you have, and you can can say no, you'd rather not say if you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but do you have a distributor rep? who is a good example or your best example of a distributor rep um, as far as the training end, right? Because you, you know, you as a guy who is eager to learn it right Eager to do your own work, sure. but knowing that you may not be the norm, right. For plenty of shops. I mean, I know they have a lot of them have up their game. If they're still around and still expect to do good business yeah. and stick around, they've got to, to do better things. But do you feel like do you have a distributor rep or a distributor in general who makes sure they're they maybe a little bit more uh, uh, more interested in getting you guys at dealership level engaged and trained and, and locked and loaded on and, on being the best version of a guy at the counter to to keep people in all the fresh stuff? Yeah, you have somebody. No
1: questions asked. One person that uh, ironically, we open at ten o'clock and we are at the our parts department was at the store at eight thirty this morning. Doing training, no. doing training and uh, that is no questions asked, the one and only Craig Martin with Western Power Sports. Uh, nice. They, uh, Craig is the absolute man and um, he, he, you know, he's, he's so supportive of all of us, uh, you know, owning a dealership himself uh, in the past. He gets it. He understands, you know, what we need as a dealer to offer, you know, the best experience for our customers and our consumers. And so, by far, Craig does a uh, you know the best job out there. and I don't think it matters what you know distributor he'd work for. He would hands down, no questions asked, do that for anybody. What I didn't was the,
0: what what was the training today with with him? Uh, it, was a, it was a
1: Nav Atlas product. Uh, Nav Atlas essentially uh, is a navigation and a head unit source that you can install into uh, they got two different models currently available one of them being a universal application that. It's
0: like a heads up display deal for your. Yep,
1: absolutely. Uh, interesting. And there's, a, there's, it, it has a boatload of features, uh, including uh, digital uh, auxiliary switches. So that way, instead of actually having switches on the dash, it's put up on your screen. It's just a little touch screen to turn on your light bar, your width, your uh, underglow lights or whatever the case may be. Um but it also uh, has the ability to do mirror screening, to where you can do uh, uh, navigation, or depending on the model, actually can provide uh, navigation. And so that's something that we went over, and then went uh, also more detailed into the sound bars in regards to, uh, you know, how the sound bar is made, so that way we truly understand the internal process of it, and the, uh, you know, that way if a customer asks us a question, we can. He's not going to ask us something we haven't gone over. Um, uh, and then of course, if we don't, you know, know the answer, we don't lie to the customer. We tell them, Hey, you know what? I don't remember that off the top of my head. Give me two minutes and I'll call you back or give me a second. Let me call my guy. Uh, and his cut, custom, his interaction. Cause I mean, he's, I mean, he's at our shop usually twice a week and he, you know, that is something that no other rep does currently for us. And that is, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just every day kind of, that's, that's Craig Martin you
0: know well that's good he's definitely a guy with uh, you know a lot of experience in the industry and a lot of detail like you know having been i remember when i was down there he was a part of oak hill at some level and he had been with cowie oh yeah right so he he's he's done a lot of different things over the years and now he's probably got his his, his program refined to walk in and you know he doesn't have to get filthy dirty every day if he's not at the track <laughs> <laughs> so much, he probably feels like that's probably uh, the role he's he's worked himself into and in, in, uh born to do or something at this point. But that's that's killer. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Well, good. So you got a little shout out to one of your your best rep. Give him an attaboy, and then the other reps in the area that I actually know and i don't call them out because I don't want them to get upset when they hear this. But um, they need to up their game. Figure out whatever Craig's doing. You guys better start doing it. Like I say, I just joke because training to me is one of the things when I look back and think, man, what would I have done differently if I was at dealerships? Well, I don't, you know, I had plenty of really good reps as far as, um, when I needed something, they would take care of it and help you in any of these ways. But those years, it wasn't, the training was not what it is sure. you know, now and they've definitely clumped their game, but that's an area where when I was in that sort of a role, I probably, I really wish that I had done a better job. I think I could have been more successful in that. Um, had I, you know, really gone more eagerly after like, Hey, train me on this, train me on that. I remember, you know, it it was my house rep or selling me a showy or, you know, uh, like I say, the Tucker reps, you know, with the rise and, you know, different these different nuances. I do remember them really spending a lot of time because it was, you know, primo product, you know, they, they really wanted to make sure you knew it to talk about it, but it wasn't like what I think you guys get nowadays. So yeah, good to know. You
1: know, and, and honestly for me, uh, I'm I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you, uh, you know. I think that is you know reps are very responsible for you know training the you know client advisors. I'll call it instead of parts advisors, but uh, you know parts guys. You know while that uh, we do rely on the reps for new information and stuff like that, I I personally think one of the biggest downfalls that I've seen over the past couple of years is parts guys don't take the initiative to learn it themselves. And I don't know if that's because of, uh, you know, that, uh, I don't know if that's a generational thing. You know, the some of the kids that I work with are uh, 10 years younger than I am and uh, they do a great job in wanting to learn it. But I've seen others that, you know, a motocrosser knows that a showy costs more money. It costs six or $700 and another helmet can cost You know, $150, $200, right? And Uh I've seen so many people not sit there and just grab a book and be like, man, why is it that much? It's like you're trying to sell it and make money and you're wondering why, you know, you don't sell a lot of these things. You don't know why. You don't take the initiative to learn it. I think, I think a lot of people, once again, need to look in the mirror and, uh, (laughs) in regards to training and, you know, Read it and learn it themselves. Well, once again, I do think that the reps think are uh, responsible for teaching this new stuff. I think that uh, you know it comes down to managers that have been around it for a long, um, uh, to give these guys the opportunity to learn and understand the importance of learning, and you know, so on and so forth. I just think that's why I've separated myself, is because
0: well maybe that's really what is separating you you know i mean that's it, what what you're saying is actually obviously the reason probably we're arguing on this call because what you're talking about is the whole premise behind this podcast right is that i am not the self proclaimed dealership fix it i just always thought man it's funny there's all these you go in and you go into certain places and, and there's a guy there that he's the guy he he fixes the problem you name whatever problem's going on in the dealership he takes care of it right you get figure it out and you fix it and you get you get past it well exactly what you're saying maybe that's the deal and then maybe that's who we're trying to reach out to at this point is is getting folks to realize that no one's going to come and solve all your problems you know maybe maybe a younger generation that's been more attuned to uh content just flows from devices into my eyes and brain and ears you know Man, versus I I can
1: Google it.
0: Oh. yeah versus oh. versus you know what you, you got a shortcoming you're the shortcoming is you don't know enough about these products or this category or whatever. You better dig in. You better do some homework tonight when you're at home. You better, you know. That's really, I think, what you're saying is is spot on. And I, I guess, I wouldn't go and say that the um, it was any reps' fault back in the day. I think they just didn't have. It wasn't quite as easy for you to gain all the access, but that's the way of the web right nowadays. Well, I mean,
1: yeah. But and, definitely- it, and honestly, to uh, you know, looking at yeah you know, my coworkers i I'll sit there and be like hey man like when y'all went to school did y'all have textbooks still and they're like nope we all got ipads or computers <laughs> it's like oh my gosh you don't even like look up textbooks anymore like and and my guys do it my guys do a killer job like the new um the new western power sports book came out and as soon as I was stoked because it was uh, I was so proud of my guys man and uh, because as soon as the book came out and it was slower they all started flipping through the book and looking through the new stuff, and then learning about it and figuring it out and reading everything they could about it. And it's like, all right, see, that's that's a clear example of you know a passion-driven job that you you know you're you're driven to be the best you can be uh, because of this passion, and you're not cutting yourself short because you're truly truly applying yourself and. Uh, you know that's, uh, that's something that people miss out on. It's just like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to be, you know, I want to mm-hmm. sell as much as I can, and I want every helmet that I sell to be a huge profit and to be a very expensive helmet. And a, I want it to be a showier, an RY, or a high-end star or whatever, whatever. But they don't want to put in the work. <laughs> you know, I think that's, you know, people just complain and point fingers, and you know, I, I think it's always going to be a problem. But I think that you know the first thing you can do is spend time to learn about it uh and spend time like oh you're gonna do that at home why and why not
0: yeah that's you know, you can definitely if it's if it's something you really want to stick in the business you know it's it's even more important now you know probably than ever if you want to be if you want to be somebody in the business that's you know in demand um that i see it all the time i see guys that are in demand and they could almost i mean it's the old you can write your own ticket you can go and they can say, Hey, it's not working on. You're like, good. It isn't working out." And you can leave and be somewhere else the, that day or, or vice versa. Obviously you could, um, you know, you could, you can decide that it's not quite gel in your commutes too long, whatever your kind of your program is. Sure. But when you're a problem solver, you know, as, as kind of we've, you know, this whole thing is, is named after you can, you can show up, solve problems, be a facilitator for your customers. You're, you're solving problems for them. You're solving problems for the dealership. Again, that's, that's, I just get back to that as the, as the, the core premise, I think, is if, if you can put yourself in that role, you know, figure out what the problem is, fix the problem, move on, find the next problem. You're not going to run out of problems. It's like working at the post office, right? As far as I know, people are still mailing letters. The post office people, it never ends. Kind of that old joke, you know, you're, oh, you're yeah. going to go crazy because it never ends. And, and honestly, if you work in a retail environment, especially a retail motorcycle store or any other dealership sort of a, a situation, your place is full of problems. You got more problems than, than people want to want to do. So if you want to become that individual, then uh, then you'll, you'll be able to write your own program. So I, um, I won't keep going too long tonight. I want to uh, cut it off around now. I did get some feedback recently from um, a friend of mine that listened and he's like, man, I love it. I love listening. I love listening to you guys talk up, talk some ideas through. But when you start getting an hour and a half, it's a bit much, a bit too much time commitment. So I can appreciate that. I've heard people say a half hour and I think now nah, are having a good chat, I'll definitely keep going. We'll go into the hour or more, but I don't want to have anybody feel like they're a deterrent by having a bit of a too long of a talk, but okay. um, I appreciate you jumping on with me. And I appreciate your perspective and what you're out there doing right now. And I encourage anybody listening right now to, uh, to, if you're on, you know, social media, Look him up. You can, uh, you know, Skippy168 on uh, Instagram and follow his hashtags and things. You said sales by Skippy. Yep.
1: Sales by Hashtag. Skippy and then ask for Skippy. Uh, ask. For Skippy. And then, uh, of course, my uh, initials are RPM. So you can always just search Ryan P. McPherson on Facebook or you can, I've never Googled myself, but I imagine you could probably find something. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you can, guys, always cool, message man. me if you have any questions. I'll, I'll do whatever I can. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still young and I'm still learning myself, but uh, if there's something I can help you out with, whether it's a situation with a coworker or a boss or uh, a customer or questions about a product, uh, you know, if I don't know the answer, I won't BS you, but uh, if I do, I'll, I'll I'll guide you the best I can.
0: Well, that's one area that this business I found people are, it's much more like a family like that. You know, you get not everybody, but you get some guys where, um, you know, you're, you're, you willing to take somebody under your wing and why just because you've been there, you know, and, and not that every uh, human doesn't have that kind of built into them, but um, I find a lot more of it in this business and it might be the racing background. So sure. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you chatting with me today. Hopefully you will come on again in the future. We'll have another topic or something to talk about then. And uh, any you guys uh, get a question uh, for me, it's dealershipfixit at gmail.com. I can link you up with Ryan. Um, I'll try to link in some of his stuff. Uh, into the podcast, uh, the body of the podcast, so you could reach out to him maybe there. But uh, please share this with anybody in the business that's at a dealership. And uh, again, I'm not the dealership fix it. I just want to help you guys be the dealership fix it. So uh, let me know with any questions or anything, but please share. And uh, you guys go out and fix it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Bye. Bye.